open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We are ending our series of the songs of Christmas. Today is the angels' Christmas choir from Luke chapter 2, verse 14. When you're in the midst of a war or you're in a conflict with someone else, what you really want is what? You want peace. 1914, the world was engulfed in a war in France. The British soldiers were hunkered down in muddy, bombed out, disease-infested trenches. The Germans were battling the British, and they were in their own stinking rat-infested ditches. And the conditions for these opposing armies were horrendous. Soldiers lived in murky ditches that weaved throughout the terrain. And each soldier there was sleeping in a stinking pit with blood-stained Walls, it stunk of death. Every man on that battlefield, we can pretty much guarantee, wanted it to stop. They wanted peace. On December 24th, 1914, Christmas Eve, Captain O'Sullivan heard German soldiers yell to offer a day of peace. The British at first didn't believe it, So they sent an Irishman to go find out. He came back alive. And so they determined that the offer for peace was true. And on that Christmas, 1914, 100,000 German and British, British soldiers stopped killing, stepped out of their gloomy trenches, exchanged gifts, lit candles, and some even sang Silent Night. Those soldiers had a day of peace. Then the very next day, those same soldiers became instruments of destruction and casualties of war. Peace. Peace is what our world wants. Homes rage with Conflict, and they desire peace. Countries battle in war, and they pray for peace. Relationships gossip, and people divide, and they need peace. The universe and all of nature, the scripture says, is groaning and needs peace. Each soul on earth is born into this world in rebellion to God, and each soul needs peace with God. Our world needs peace on earth. And not just peace that lasts for a day or peace that ends wars, but we need a supernatural peace. We need a peace that only God can give, a peace that surpasses all understanding that's only found in Jesus Christ. We need peace that reconciles God to man. We need peace that forgives, peace that floods the the heart with love 
peace that lasts for eternity. And true and lasting peace between God and humanity and within our own self can only come through Jesus Christ. And today we are going to study this theme of peace from Luke chapter 2. And that is that God's glorious Christmas gift is peace through Jesus Christ. That is what the angels, that angelic choir, that is what they announced in Luke 2.14. In fact, look down at Luke 2.14. This is our text for this morning. The scripture reads that the angels cried out, Glory! Luke 2.14, glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let's pray. Father, I ask that your word will be blessed this morning. May Christ be exalted as we remember his birth, the incarnation, his life, his death, and his resurrection and then glorious ascension, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to once again imagine that field near Bethlehem. The shepherds were lying down for the night. Their flocks were at rest. The sky was dark. The cool breeze rushed over them. There was silence. And then suddenly, a glorious, shining angel appeared before them. And those dirty, sleepy shepherds were shaken to their senses as a burst of radiating glory engulfed the countryside. I mean, imagine the whole sky and the whole, all the ground illuminated with this beautiful, golden, heavenly light. Can you imagine if you were camping out on a field and you saw that? These shepherds were terrified. Their bodies would have shaken. Their mouths would have gaped open. They were scared. And that was just one angel. And in verse 10, we hear what that angel sang out. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And then suddenly, a whole army of celestial holy angels appeared out of nowhere. That's what it says in verse 13. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts. What's a multitude? Well, it's a lot. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 says that the angels in the heavenly city of the New Jerusalem are innumerable. You can't count them. Well, what is that? Millions? Billions? Trillions? So what is a multitude of angels? As those shepherds were out in that field, Heaven dropped its curtain, and before them and all around them, angels praised God. What was their message? Verse 14, glory to God in the highest, 
and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And the first part of their message was what the holy angels cry out continually and have cried out since their creation. Angels in heaven, angels around the universe, angels on earth, praise God, saying things like this, glory to God in the highest. In fact, literally, angels were created for this purpose, to praise God. Revelation chapter 4, verse 8 says, day and night, that means continually, day after day, they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Notice God is at the center of their praise. He is eternal. He is holy. Everything God does, everything God is, every attribute of God is holy. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3 describes the throne room of God where there are these angels that are on fire, never ceasing to jubilantly exclaim, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And so the angels with those shepherds were praising God like they normally do, glory to God in the highest. To glorify God means to exalt God to the place that he deserves To glorify God means you give God the praise that is due his name. So the angels glorified God. They cried out glory to God. But it wasn't just generally because of who God was. It was because of something specific that God had done. And what was that? Well, it's found in our verse. And it's the glorious work of God providing peace Through Jesus Christ, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. What were they glorifying God for? It was God's glorious Christmas gift of peace through Jesus Christ. You see, my friend, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to provide peace for us. Why did the Son of God become man, become the God-man, and live a perfect life? Why did he die on the cross? Why did he rise again? Why did he ascend to his Father's right hand? I think the song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, answers that perfectly. We just sang that song. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild. What's the next part? God and sinners reconciled. God and sinners reconciled. That is the peace the angels were talking about. Peace on earth is that God, the highest, the most holy one, reconciles with you and with me. Sinners, rebels, ones who have broken his laws, ones who have 
defied him. Ones who have lied, complained, have been unthankful, who are separated from God because of that. God says, no longer, I want you to be mine. I want to forgive you. I want you and my family. I want us to be reconciled. And friends, Jesus came to reconcile sinners to God. D.L. Moody told the story of a young man. And this young man had a falling out with his parents. And so he decided to leave his home and never talk to them again. He cut off communication with them. And eventually, there was a, a day when this young man had someone talk to him and said, hey, sir, do you know that your mother is dying? And she's been asking about you, and she wants to see you. And so this boy wanted to see his mom before she died, and he went home. And there, his mom was in her deathbed, and she was lying in her bed, only had a little while longer his dad was on one side of the bed and the son sat on the other. And as the mom was taking her final breath, breaths, she grabbed his hand. She grabbed the hand of her husband and she joined them together. And she said, son, your father loves you and he wants peace between us. Would you reconcile with us? The mother eventually did pass away. And that son considered his mother's words and he asked his father to forgive him. And he made peace with his father. The son was reconciled with his father through the death of his mother. That was a story that D.L. Moody would tell. And he said it pictured beautifully how God has reconciled us through the death of Jesus Christ. You see, friend, Jesus has his nail-scarred hands, and he wants to take your hand and reconcile you to God through his work on the cross, through his death on the cross. That's why the scripture says in Colossians, God through him, that's Jesus, he reconciled to himself. And how did he do that? How does God reconcile man to himself? Making peace by the blood of the cross. And you who were once alienated, you who are far off because of your sins, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy. And that's not your holiness. That's a gift from Jesus. Blameless. And that's not because you're blameless. That's a gift from God through Jesus above reproach before him. You see, peace is possible with God because Jesus atoned for your sins on the cross. He is the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. And God's great work, God's great work in this world is to love you by sending Jesus to die for you. For an enemy, alienated, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, but now reconciled, made holy, forgiven by the blood of Jesus' cross. You see, God's glorious gift, God's glorious Christmas gift is peace through Jesus' 
Christ, that peace through Jesus was anticipated from the beginning of creation. Have you ever had something that you really longed to get, maybe to open up on a certain day? Any kids have anticipation like that? Maybe on a day like today, on Christmas morning, our family typically gets up, we have breakfast, mom makes a great breakfast, and we read the Christmas story, we sing some songs, and uh, we try to make the focus Jesus. And especially when the kids were younger, their eyes would kind of trail over to that stack of things under the Christmas tree we call presents, right? And, it, you know, we were focusing on Jesus, but I kind of think some people's minds were off that sometimes. But then when you announced, it, it's time to open up presents. It, it's like a month of anticipation burst forth, and the excitement filled the room. And, and that's what you see here in Luke chapter 2, verse 14. I mean, from the garden when man sinned against God and that angels and those angels had to guard the entrance to God's presence and his perfect garden, since that time, angels have been anticipating this day when they would announce that there was going to be peace provided for man. Do, do you realize right now that there are angels all around us? Do you realize that? 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 10 says that the angels, the holy angels, they care about this service. Isn't that interesting? If angels care about the service, you think we should? They care about this service. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10 says that through the church, that's us who are redeemed, through the church, God's wisdom is made known to angels. It's like if God wants to show his goodness and his love and his grace, you know what he says? Hey, look at my church. I love them. I sent Christ to die for them. He, he puts the church up and says, this is how I bring glory to myself. And he puts it on display for angels. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 says that throughout the history of salvation, throughout the history of the world, angels have desired to look into this salvation. These angels are not sovereign. Angels do not know the future unless God reveals it to them. Angels know about as much as we do in regard to the future. In other words, they don't have a way to, to see what God is going to do unless they're able to have revelation from God. Angels are spectators. They're, they're watching God's work in this world, they're also participants in that God allows them to further his plan. God has them fighting to have his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Angels, though, are, are not redeemed. There are evil angels, and there are good angels. And evil angels will never have salvation. And so think about angels as they look at us. Here, we have rejected God, yet God came himself. He came himself to suffer in our place, to, to redeem us so we could have peace with him. And they are in awe of that. And when they consider that, and when they see God's church unified and praising God, the angels praise God too. I 
think about the Old Testament and I think about Scripture, the Scriptures that the prophets wrote, and I wonder, what do the angels think about those prophecies? I think about Isaiah chapter 9. And I wonder if angels were looking over the shoulder of of Isaiah the prophet as he wrote this and wondered, what's that peace going to look like? Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7, we read this. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. So there's going to be a child, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, a baby, Prince of peace. Oh, there it is right there. He's going to provide peace. And of the increase of his government, his ruling, and of peace, there it is again. There will be no end. I wonder how the angels, what, I wonder what the angels thought when they read Micah, or they saw Micah writing down Micah chapter 5, verses 2 and 5. But you, O Bethlehem, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be Ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient of days, who could that be said about? Is there any ruler on earth right now that we could say is from ancient of days? They might be old. But we can't say they're from ancient of days. The only one who's from ancient of days is God himself. And he shall be their what? Their peace. You wonder what the angels would have thought when they saw that. What does all this mean? You can almost sense the, the buzz in heaven with this eagerness of God to fulfill these promises of, of peace. God providing peace between God and man. You can hear the, the rumble. It's going to be a king. This king is God. This king is going to be a baby. This baby will make peace. Then the appointed time is announced in heaven. The choir is picked. The message is relayed. The plan is in motion. The choir is commissioned. And the angels, they've been waiting this whole time to say this. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. Why are the angels so interested in what's going on on earth? Why do they care so much about what's happening with us? Well, because angels love what God loves. Angels rejoice in what God rejoices in. And what is that? What does God love? What does God rejoice in? God loves to make peace with sinners. God is glorified When a sinner turns from his sin, he confesses he's a sinner and he believes that Jesus Christ is his Savior and Lord. God is glorified when he makes peace with man. That's why Luke chapter 15 says, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Heaven erupted in praise when Jesus came to make peace. And friend, do you realize every time a sinner repents and believes in Jesus Christ, heaven erupts in praise, glory to God in the highest, 
and peace with this one whom God has chosen to make peace. In fact, that last part there is one that sometimes people get confused by. Look at that last part of that announcement. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. This does not mean that God is pleased with people who try to be good. Peace among those with whom he is pleased means God gives peace to those whom he is pleased to give it to. In other words, God is pleased to give peace to the sinner who comes to him through Jesus Christ. God gives peace through Jesus to those whom he is pleased to give it. That's what it's saying. So to whom God is pleased, God makes peace. And whom is God pleased with? Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. So God's glorious Christmas gift of peace comes through Jesus as we receive him by faith. Some of you open up some gifts today, and you receive those gifts by faith. In other words, you didn't buy them. You didn't put your hand out and have money in it and exchange anything. You said, thank you. And you received it for yourself. And that's how we must receive this gift through Jesus Christ, provided and bought by the work of Jesus on the cross. Faith is the empty hand that offers nothing to God, but accepts his word as true and his son as your savior. Did you get that? Faith is the empty hand that offers nothing to God. It's not saying, God, here's my religion. Here's my prayers. Here's my good work. It's saying, God, I have nothing. I have nothing to offer you, but I receive your word as true and Jesus as the Savior and Lord. Friend, if you're in here and you don't have peace with God, he offers you that gift and all you have to do is confess that you're a sinner and receive it. God's glorious Christmas gift is peace through Jesus Christ. Would you come to Jesus today? Church, if you are believing in that gospel and that good news, you have everlasting peace. It will never end. What should you do when you have that peace in your soul? Praise God. Like these shepherds, they praised God. They glorified God. And those who have God's peace ruling in their souls, they are ones who make peace. That's literally what Jesus does. He's a peacemaker. Are you a peacemaker? Is there peace in your home? Is there peace in your work relationships? Are, are you one making peace through Christ? Sometimes in our home, the ICE home, there's stress. We're going here and going there. There's school, there's work, there's problems. And you can feel the tension rising. And many, many times, many times on a weekly basis, we come together as a family. We sit around a table or sit around the couches and we talk. And we bring our cares and we bring them before the Lord and, and cast our cares upon him. Sometimes we've we're sinning against each other and snapped against this person and said something about that person. And 
So we confess that. And we bring Christ to the center and we say that, Jesus, you're the one who makes peace. And we look to him confessing our sins and ask him to bring peace into our hearts and into our home. And you know when that happens? It is so much fun. When Jesus rules our hearts, when he rules our home, there's joy. There's calm like still water. And so church, let's be peacemakers. Let Christ's peace rule in our hearts. And if you're here without Jesus Christ, would you make peace with God today through Christ? Let's pray.